Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Welcome to the show, is all I have to say to you. In any case, Scott Walter, our special guest, is in studio. It's been a while since you've been on, Scott. Yeah, I, I've spent at least six, eight, 12 months. I can't remember. No, it's yeah, it's been. Andy, do you have any? Well, Andy will look it up right now. Mm-hmm. Andy's good at looking that stuff up. He did very fast about that whole deal. That's why he gets the big bucks, right? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, June, it looks like. Last God. June. So yeah. a year. See? Almost a year. Man, that's Almost. amazing. All right, I'm just going to hand it over to you. I'm going to follow you in this conversation because you have a number of topics you uh, you look like you want to get to, which works for me. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not uh, not shy about speaking up about what I think is uh, important and interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now is a, a 
an amazing time for for many reasons. There's all kinds of negative things that are happening in the world, happening in this country. But on the other hand, there's some exciting, wonderful things that are happening. Oh, I want to hear about those because the negative things are right in my face. I know they're every day. Jeez, it's, it's every just, day. It's, it's I feel like that's a prize fight. My hands are tied behind my back. But yeah. But no, the um, there's. Um, there's going to be hearing uh, next week in the in the House in Washington D.C. and they are going to talk about aliens. The in the House, really? In, yeah, in in Congress. I, I did not know that. Yeah, I think it's um, it's next it's next week for sure. And then there's going to be questions and and they're going to be talking to some of the bigwigs in the in the Air Force and other military branches about this whole topic of aliens and uh, what they call UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. And tomorrow there's a big announcement that's coming, some big worldwide announcement uh, about what apparently astronomers and scientists have seen inside a black hole. And in fact, um, <clears throat> you know Dave Schrader? I know. No. Who? <laughs> Never heard of him. Well, Dave and Winnie were over last night. And As we, you were saying that, yeah. We had a beautiful, uh, we, I, I grilled some steaks. And, and anyway, we started talking about this. And Dave got super excited. And he is aware of this announcement that's right. coming on the 12th, which is tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. So the question is, Tom. Imagine our our powerful telescopes are looking into a black hole for the mm -hmm. first time mm -hmm. in history, and apparently they're seeing something that is going to shock the world. And I'm not making this up. Really, this is exactly what um, uh, an article that uh, that Winnie sent me says. So tomorrow they're going to make an announcement. The big question is, when they looked into this black hole, which Remember, this thing has such powerful gravity, it bends light. Right, And right. it, it, it uh, some people say it, it uh, warps time. It allows people who enter these things or anything that enters it to travel through time. So if you're looking into, let's presume that it is some aspect of time travel, mm -hmm. and you're looking into it, what are they seeing? What do you think? Are they going to tell us tomorrow? They're going to tell us tomorrow, yeah. i got to believe it's some kind of society of some kind. Some, some. Look, first of all, uh, if anybody believes that we're the only planet that has beings on it, you're out of your mind. It's not even <laughs> close to being true. Well, <clears throat> we've talked about this before. Yeah. I was approached by somebody with uh, the Department of Defense, Um uh, this is two years ago, almost exactly two years ago. He has shared some just mind-blowing information that I can't even wrap my own head around. But you're 100% right. Not only uh, are there other planets out there, but according to him, those aliens are here. They walk among us. Apparently, there are certain species that look like us. You could be one. I could be one. I could Andy be. could be one. My voice tips it off. Oh, look at you. That's what it is. <laughs> but seriously, voice. this is what he said. In fact, at one point in one of our discussions, he said this to me, and I'm not kidding. In the United States, he said two to two and a half percent of our population is actually 
aliens. Of the world or the United States? Of the United States. Two to two and a half percent. Percent. So if Man. there's, <clears throat> so what is that? If there's a hundred million, two percent uh, would be two million. You multiply that by four because we have about 400 million, let's say, maybe a little more than that, but that's eight million aliens walking among us. We are up to four, to four, four million now, or four, 400, I 400 think. million. Something like that. Because yeah. it was at about what three forty for a long time, but I think yeah, it's we're in that pretty close. <clears throat> Four hundred. Can you look it up, Andy? What What are we? Where are we? Do you realize? Well, that, uh, citizens, it's three hundred thirty million. But yeah, three thirty okay, citizens. Okay. Yeah. So, but there are a lot of people here who aren't citizens. I, there might be one or two. Yeah. One yeah. or two, maybe <laughs> walking around. Okay, so let's just say it's six million uh, people yeah, that yeah. are not that are not of this world, and. They look like us. There's uh, apparently there's multiple species, some that don't look like us, and some right. that do. So that's kind of a uh, an incredible thing to think about if it's true. Right. And you know, the scientist part of me sort of struggles with all of this, just being told this. And uh, but on the other hand, um, I've experienced some weird things. I've met some people that are extremely empathic. Uh, empathetic to the point where it's like they can almost read your mind. And my understanding is that is how they primarily communicate is through telepathy. Oh, really? Yeah. And that they, um, well, last night um, we were looking at artifacts that, that I have that contain the strangest symbols I've ever seen. And Several years ago, when I first started looking at these things, I became intrigued with these symbols. And I can mm-hmm. show you some pictures if you want. But I started to write them down. They were There's just something orderly about them, something almost mathematical, something that just draws me to them. And I started to write them down. I'm not making this up. I wrote down over 1,000 symbols. You know how many repeated? Zero. Really? Zero. How the hell can you get that that many symbols out of just line drawing? Well, that's basically I, how Chinese is written. So uh, that's true. Yeah, there's there's yeah. many, many thousands of unique symbols that they have that's in Chinese. That's true. Well, and and they so, do have repeating symbols though, so it's a little different. So I'm just going to show you, um, you know, um, one example of what I'm talking about. Oh God, that's amazing. Where is that? Is that in Africa or India where all those drawings, of, huge drawings of a human form and there's, you know what I'm talking about? Petroglyphs, you mean? Oh, no, no, you're talking the about the Nazca lines, lines down yeah. in South, lines, yes. South America. Oh, South America, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You can only it. see them from above, from right? From above, yes. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Who's doing that? Yeah, who's doing that? They still don't know who, who drew all those up, who, who carved them through. They, I mean, it must have taken forever to do it. Well, think. and the thing about it is the precision. It's, they almost yeah. look mathematical, yeah. like they were drawn with a computer or something. And, you know, this, this sort of gets into an interesting uh, concept, you know. Who did them, and why are they so damn big? They're and, huge. And who yeah. are they made to be seen by, right? Who do they look like? Who, who who should see? Yeah, I mean, it would seem to me that it would be aircraft or spacecraft could see them and no, nobody else could see them. Or, in their minds, deity, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. And we know that that happens with... Um, uh, in, in Freemasonry, we have a concept called as above, so below. Yeah, right. And, you right. know, people say, well, what does that mean? Well, it means a lot of things, but... 
I think one of the things that's really important that a lot of people don't recognize is that there are a lot of things that are on Earth, even in modern structures like mm-hmm. Washington, D.C., right. things are laid out intentionally to mirror what's happening right. in the heavens, you know, right. like constellations and and uh, and other things like that. But uh, why is this something that's a new concept? I think this is something that is ancient. And so those Nazca lines that are clearly not meant to be seen from the ground because you you can walk yeah. right over them. You didn't even you, know you... You have no... You just thought it was a road. You don't even know they're there. Right. So what what's going on and who were they meant for? I think more and more we're starting to see that that answer is becoming more and more clear. And now during this crazy time that we're living in, you know, this discussion of, of UAPs and aliens is getting more and more intense. Our government is taking a look at it, not just our government, right. but governments around the world. What does that mean for us? And and here's something else, Tom, with all this negative stuff that's going on. And, and frankly, some of the stuff that we're fighting about, yeah, it's important, but aren't there bigger issues for us to worry about? And I, last I checked... When you cut your arm, what color is your blood? Be red like everybody else's. Like everybody else, regardless yeah. of color, creed, orientation, right. whatever. And I think sometimes we forget that. And now we have this phenomena that has suddenly been put on the table that we can't ignore anymore. Um, I think we have ignored it for a long time. I think the government did intentionally for a long time. But according to our source, they have changed their tune because we have got to start to pay attention to it, in part because what we've been told is they're worried about our planet. They're worried about us. (laughs) And they should be based on everything that's happening. Worried about what, the ecology, or what are they worried about? About the environment. They're definitely worried about the environment because this is their home too. And I think if you take a step back, one of the messages that that, that I've received loud and clear is that planet Earth is a unique part of what they call the interstellar community. Mm-hmm. It's teeming with life. It's right, one of the right. crown jewels yep. of the universe. And they're worried about the way we're treating our planet. And it seems to me we spend all this time, especially in the media, um, talking about the things that divide us all the time and all the arguing and complaining and Republican this and Democrat that. Yeah, right. And we have forgotten about taking care of our own backyard, taking care of our home where we live here. And why do we right. gamble and ignore it? And, you know, we'll, we'll take care of it later. or We'll, we'll get to that, you know, down the road. Um, we don't have, at this point we don't have anywhere else to go. So why are we why are we doing this? You know what's so funny is just la- in the last week, yeah, about the last week, I've run into two people. Well, I'll start by telling you a story. That, that this is <clears throat> people don't understand that if you do a very popular show. I mean, you know this, and Andy knows this. There are people that are going to love you, and there are people going to hate your guts. Oh, does that happen? And the bigger you are, <laughs> the bigger the lovers oh, yeah. and the haters get. Yep. So. I was walking out of the building yesterday, and there were four guys sitting at that picnic table out front having a little lunch, and one guy said, hey, Tom, how you doing? He calls me over. He goes, Tom, I just have a big listener to the show and blah, blah, blah. And his friend across the table from him said, are you Tom Bernard? And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, God, I love your show, man. And I'm talking to three guys. There are four at the table, and the three guys are just gushing about the show and how wonderful it is. The fourth guy wouldn't even look at me. He wouldn't even make eye contact. So I'm like, man, that's so It's just what happens all the time. Yeah. Here's what I understand is why do, we, why do we come up with things to hate 
I mean, it's a radio show. Who gives a rat's ass? What, how, can you, how can you hate a radio show? If you don't like it, then don't listen. But you don't you don't treat somebody like dirt when you meet them. What are you doing? Well, that's there are people that are like that. I have. Um, I don't get it. I've experienced the same thing. I have people that oh, think, yeah. oh, that yeah. think I walk on water and all your theories, everything you do is yep. great. And then I got people that say you are so full of you know what, it's not even funny. And and what I do to people when they challenge me, and I don't have a problem with people challenging me because right. I run a laboratory, right. I do the analysis, I figure out what caused it, and then of course the big question after that is. Whose fault is it, right? right. Who's yeah. going to pay? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, sometimes it goes well for people. Other times it doesn't. <clears throat> and so when somebody challenges me, I'm fine with that, okay? Mm -hmm. But don't tell me what you think because... Right. That's my exact point. And, yep. and if, if there's something you don't like about me or about... The, if you don't like me, uh, that's fine. But if you don't like a specific thing, tell me why. Because when I draw a conclusion or I state my opinion about something, whether it's on a show or in life, I tell people why. I give support to the opinion that I'm expressing. Right. So if you're going to tell me that I'm full of crap on something that you don't agree with, tell me why. I'll listen. It's all about perception because later on in the day, I ran into a bunch of other listeners, and some of them loved the show. Some of them didn't, right? And I said, here's what I understand. I just had a day where one guy told me that I was way too conservative for him. You're so conservative and you're way on the far right. And I just, well, that's why I don't like your show. Later in the afternoon, I was told, you're way too far left. I don't listen to your show. <laughs> it's like, so your what is it, Tom? Is, Come your on. Your perception is reality? Is that what you Look, how you can sit and there's no God, there are no aliens, there's no this. There's no, how do you know that? <laughs> I mean, how on earth do you know there's no God, there's no aliens? Uh, it's high above my pay grade, I'll tell you that. I would like to believe that, you know, things exist uh, and, and we don't have to beat everything into the ground. I mean, the, you spent your life, you've dedicated your life, and Dave Schrader has as well, whether it's, you know, the paranormal or I don't know if there are ghosts or not. I think I told you before, my great-grandmother appeared to me at the end of my bed when I was about four years old. I found out later that day that she had died, but I didn't know that she had same died. day. Yeah. yeah. Wow. She was exactly a hundred years older than me. She died at 104, and I was four years old. No way. But she was just standing. She didn't say anything about it. She was just standing at the end of my bed. I didn't know she was dead, or did I somehow hear that she was dead? I don't think so. It's the one time, if you want to talk about the paranormal and ghosts and all that stuff, I did have that experience. What else could it be? Did you have a good relationship with her? Oh, she and I were very close. Okay, well, very that close. probably had something to do with it. Probably, and, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, what I would, my interpretation of something like that, I don't have any reason to challenge you based on all the stuff that's happened to be in my own life. Yeah. But, you know, she may have visited you as she was passing over and just said, hey, Tom. Could be. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I yep. know you love me. I love you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do some good things in the world. And I'll tell you what, she'd be pretty proud of you. She what was so great about her is she was a 104-year-old European woman, you know, Ireland, Scotland, England, whatever. Mostly Scotland and England. Mostly uh -huh. England, actually. And I was four years old. And I was a big kid. I was born when I was born. I was over two feet tall and weighed 11 pounds. Wow. So I was a very big kid. <laughs> And she was a little bit taller than me when I was four. I'm like, whoa. A little, a little was, tiny thing. Oh, she was a little tiny woman, but she just loving as can be. 
And I have a real problem with that, with these people. You don't think the way I do, so therefore I'm going to destroy you. It's yeah. like, because you believe what you believe, I should suffer? I don't get that at all. Well, and you know, uh, <laughs> you'd think I'd, I'd learn this, and, and yeah. sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll take a step back and go, hey, hey, uh, Sherlock, uh, just dial it back a yeah, bit, you know? exactly. But the thing is, is, you know, when you talk to people that have different viewpoints, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a righty, a lefty, whatever the case may be, and you, you start to get into arguments about whatever issue uh, is triggering you, and you get so upset, and you're like, how can this person think this way? And they're thinking, how can that guy th- think the way he does? Yeah, and oh, yeah, you, you know, absolutely. And it just gets so tense, and so, and then you just got to go, okay, just let's just take a step back, and... This is my friend, right? This is a mm-hmm. guy that I went to school with or I work with or I played sports with. And, you know, we, we fought, we bled, we had, you know. And it's like we're getting all spun up on something that we have no control over. Absolutely. Except to express our opinion. Yep. And then it's like, why am I doing this? It's like tearing each other apart. And I've done it myself. I'm, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. But then I, I, I get to a point where I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And... You know, and I, I hate keep bringing up the craft, Freemasonry, but the th- one of the things that we absolutely insist upon when we're together, we don't talk about politics and we don't talk about religion. And, Good idea. And I know that the guys that are in my lodge and, and part of this uh, organization, some of them are as right as you can be, some are as left as you can be, and everything in between. And we don't focus on that. We focus on the things that we have in common. Um and this is one of those topics, circling oh, back to the aliens. Yeah. Do you think the aliens give a rat, you know what, if you're a righty or a lefty? Not at all. I don't think so. So maybe, maybe this is one of those things where we can put aside our differences and say, what's going on here? Let's figure it out. And what does it mean to us, not as a Republican or a Democrat or American or a German or whatever, but, but as humans? Yeah. That, well, that'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping that's what's going to happen here with all this stuff. So I'm excited about it. I mean, that's the, the, very, the only reason I even brought all this stuff up is the fact that people get locked in. Or as I sit here and I say, I don't know if there are any, any aliens or not. I've never seen one. But it doesn't mean there aren't any, right? Uh, as far as far as ghosts are concerned, I may have seen my great-grandmother as a ghost. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. I, why you'd go, oh, no, this is exactly what happened. <laughs> How do I know that? You don't know. You don't know that. And why do people insist they have to know exactly what was going on? Okay. Like, come it, on. If you, well, it's silly. It is silly. But here's something that I, I don't think I've told you this story. Um, so I had a guy on my Twitter account. He was a fan of the show. And he, he, just, he just tweeted me and he said, hey, Scott, did you guys ever figure out what that alien was in that episode you did on Montezuma's treasure? And I went, alien? What are you talking about? Right. And he sent me a screen grab. And it was a wide shot. And in the upper left-hand corner, there was a sliver of sky. There was a cliff like this and a pond that had been created uh, by man to create this pond to drown a cave, which I eventually went scuba diving in later in the episode. Oh, God, that's phenomenal. Uh, Well, that's a whole other story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I survived. I'm still here. Anyway, I looked at the screen grab, and up in this sliver of the blue sky was this thing. It looked like a vertical... Uh, capsule, you know, 
Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, like a tic tac shape thing. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And I looked at this and I'm like, what the, in the, in the infamous words of Tom Bernard, what the hell? <laughs> was that pretty good? <laughs> they actually true. mentioned the tic tac UFOs in the description for the next hour guest. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Ooh, okay. You, so, you got to No, this, I, I didn't even know. I, I had no idea. So, so I went to Committee Films, which is Eden Prairie, right. literally five minutes from my house. Let's talk about convenience. And I went into Andy and Maria Oz, uh, the owners, and I said, Andy, look at this. He's like, holy crap. And I said, hey, when you get some time, can you go back and pull the raw footage and let's see what that is? Well, one of the... Editors came walking up, Ryan Soule, and he said, Hey, Scott. I said, Ryan, look at this. I said, You got some time to look at this this week? He goes, I got time right now. So we went into the editing room. He pulls up the raw video, and this, and it was only like maybe a 10 second shot, right? Mm-hmm. And this thing is going like this, and it's rotating like this. And the only thing that would could possibly move like that would be a balloon, right? Mm-hmm. It's, not an, it's not bobbing. A plane doesn't do this, right, right? Right, And, you know, even on a calm day, a balloon doesn't do that either and rotate like this. And it was sort of silver and metallic. And and he zoomed in on it twice, four times, eight times. And so I sent it in to Holden, our contact at the <clears throat> DOD. And he said, dude, I think you got something. Okay. So then he says to me, I have to fill out a report on this. So... Do you know who the landowner is? And I said, yeah. I, I can't remember his name, but I remember I interviewed him as part of the episode. Mm-hmm. He said, well, if you can contact him, that'd be great. I'd like like to get some more information. I said, geez, we shot that scene probably seven, eight years ago. I can't remember his name, but I can get a hold of Andy and Marie, and I'll find out. We talked till 2 in the morning. I went to bed, woke up at about 6.30, checked my email, swear to God. There was an email from that guy, and it really? was just—it was just—it was he had copied me with some other people. It was some political thing, and I'm like, Lon Child, oh my God, that's him. What are the odds of something like that? Yeah, I never emailed, never texted, never talked to him since the day we did that interview, and he contacts me four yeah. and a half hours later. God, it is amazing. If you can explain that to me, you're a better man than me. I. I uh, it happened. And he said, "We got. I, I got in touch with him. I told him the whole story. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And I said, has there ever, ever been any paranormal or UFO activity out on your property? He said, never. And that was it. That was everything? That's it. That's all I got. We will take a break. Be right back in a couple minutes more with Scott Walter. This is fast. See, once again, I'm just trying to convince people, stop being so locked into your opinions about anything. We can never learn anything unless you back off. Yeah. That's just a fact. We'll be right back. <clears throat> oh. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Outside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. 
Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington, or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation in Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank when they referred to us. We knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. He's going with the Elvis Presley, man. <laughs> I love it. The pretzel did not live up. Now, there is that somebody should have lived longer. Ah. Well, how was Elvis when he died? 42? Well, he was 40, body for so long. 44, I think. Was he 44? Somewhere in there. He was very young, I know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's unusual he, uh, because usually people who are heavy into the whole drug thing, they either die younger than that or older than that. Yeah, well, 40 that, that is, is an interesting age to die. Yeah, Very yeah. quick Elvis story before we move on. All right, I let's love do this it. story. WHBQ in Memphis. Had a friend named Steve Hatley that worked there. Steve is no longer with us. Died in a motorcycle accident about mm. 20 years ago, unfortunately. Uh, just the greatest guy in the world. He calls me one day. This is, God, 40 years ago probably. Well, it had to be because Pretzel died in, what, 72 or something? Uh, Almost fifty, or it is 50 pretzel. You mean Elvis? Elvis pretzel. Where'd that come from? Presley. The pretzel. Oh, Presley. The, okay. The pretzel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Seventy-seven. He died in seventy-seven. So yeah. yeah. This had to be forty. He's forty-two. Forty-two. There's okay. forty-two. There yep. you go. <clears throat> so this had to have happened like forty-five, maybe even fifty years ago. You know, twenty years old or whatever it was. But I get a call from Hatley one day, and he goes, "Man, you ain't gonna believe what just happened." I said, "What?" goes, well, you know, Elvis comes into WHBQ Studios all the time. I said, yeah, it must be great getting talking to him. He said, I get to work. Elvis pulls up in this brand-new motorcycle that he just bought, right? And we're, you know, going to walk in together. And I walked over and said, God, Elvis, that, what a beautiful motorcycle, man. That thing is great. Congratulations. He goes, here, gave him the keys. 
You can have it. Stop it. How great is that? <laughs> Elvis gave him a motorcycle, and then he dies in a motorcycle accident. Oh, great. So there you go. <laughs> well, neither like, one of them lasted too long. Yeah, then. I guess not. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. I don't mean to joke about it. but No, 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 that's there, fine. There's a crazy irony there, isn't there? I, that's what exactly what I'm saying. It's like, gee, here's a guy that loved Elvis. Elvis was a generous guy, and then he, he Elvis dies, and then he dies in a, in a motorcycle uh, accident on Elvis's motorcycle. Yeah. Good <laughs> Jesus. Was that motorcycle? I guess so. Oh, yeah. geez. It's unbelievable. The curse of Elvis. Yeah, yikes. Yeah. Hey, you know what? <clears throat> you, you reminded me of a, just a quick story um, about people keeping their mouth shut, right? Some, I love to hear it. <laughs> sometimes. Love to hear it. <laughs> so, I, this. Um, so, in college, I played football up at UMD, and one of my oh, teammates man. was Bruce Grant. One of Bud Grant, Absolutely. former Viking coach's son. No longer with us, right? Bruce passed away four years ago in July. Really? That long four ago? Four years. He had brain cancer. He had, really nice yeah, guy. Glioblastoma. He was a great guy. Oh he my was God. a great guy. Funny guy. Let yeah, me tell he you. He was not at all personality-wise like his dad. No. But anyway, so we're going back to college, right? And they had a they had a basketball court in their backyard in mm-hmm. Bloomington where okay. Bud still lives. Well, I saw yeah. Bud not too long ago. He's ninety five and he's God. doing great. He's ninety five now, and he is Good sharp God. as a tack. And he's a little hunched over, you know, yeah, um, sure. but uh, he's really doing good. But this is probably 40-something years ago, and we're playing basketball in the backyard. And we come into the house, and we're all sweating. And Bruce's mom, Pat, gets us some water. We're sitting there. Bud's watching TV. And we're behind him back on the couch. And, of course, I'm flapping my gums, you know, and I'm, I always talk loud. And all of a sudden, I heard this, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. When Bud talks, you oh, listen. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I just straightened right up, and he looked at me, and he goes, you never learn anything when you're talking. Oh, he used to say that to his players a lot. Yeah. You know true. what I said after that? Well, nothing. Nothing. That's good. <laughs> but We're that's good a true story. <laughs> God, one thing I loved about Bud, Bud had his rules, and if you didn't follow him, you need to play somewhere else. Uh, you're gone. Yeah, it's no. just how Bud was. He yeah. either follow the rules or go play somewhere else. But but you know what? As as hard boiled as he was when it came to coaching, and you know that steel demeanor. Yeah. And yep. I, I feel so bad for you know the younger people that are probably listening to this. I go, who the hell are you talking about? You got to look this guy up because because yeah, they don't know. He's truly right. a legend. Uh, coached in four Super Bowls. Unfortunately, the Minnesota Curse. We just yep. didn't win any. Never won any of them. But I got to tell you, I've known him for you know forty something years. I don't even know what the number is, and he is the nicest, um, sweetest guy. And, and he'd probably get mad if he hears this. But you know, when Bruce passed uh, in July, <clears throat> I was uh, and, and Bruce's birthday was December thirty first, the last day oh, of the year. There you go. And so that first. December 31st, six months later after Bruce passed, I was traveling. I was down in Missouri doing something. My phone rings. Bud Grant. Bruce's birthday. And I answer the phone. I go, Bud, what's up? Oh, I got a Rocky I want you to look at, you know. And it was some stupid thing. And we just talked for about a half hour. And I had people in the car, and I said, I got to talk to this guy. Excuse right, me. Right, The next year... What's that? Three Christmases ago, December 31st, I was traveling again. My phone rings. Bud Grant. Really? Bruce's birthday. 
How you doing, Scott? What's up? You just wanted to talk. Mm-hmm. Not last Christmas, the Christmas before. He calls me about a week before. He says, I got this pot. I got it down in Puerto Rico. A friend gave it to me. I want you to look at it. Tell me if it's worth anything. So on Bruce's birthday, we went over there, Janet and I, and we spent four hours with him okay. just talking. This year, this past year, I beat him to the punch. <laughs> I called, <laughs> you called, I called him. him the day before. I said, there you're you not go. doing it this time. It's my turn. But anyway, um, and, you know, of course, we did talk about Bruce. But the point I wanted to make is many people see him as this stoic figure. Yeah, and they do. You might yeah. remember that playoff game several years ago against the, the Seahawks that when the Vikings were at the uh, the U of M Stadium there for about three seasons. He showed up in a short sleeve shirt. He shows up in the short sleeves for I the re- coin toss. I remember. And that was the wide left game. Remember that? <laughs> yes. And yep. after he flips the coin, I watched him. He walks off, and I was waiting for someone to throw a jacket on. Nope. He just just kept going for about five, ten minutes talking yeah. to people in short sleeves. It's like, you know, eight below or seven below. It's some ridiculous. It was very, thing, very but. cold, and he just said, "No, I'm not wearing a jacket. Yeah, yeah. I don't wear a jacket out on the field." It, 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 the, the last thing I'll say is, you know, people have uh, reputations, they have mystiques, um, and it's very rare you get a chance to really see who the person really is. And usually, when you do, it's not pretty. Oh yeah, that guy is everything that. Anybody ever thought about him as far as integrity and brilliance and how to deal with people? He's all that and more and as a real person. You know what's amazing about that, too, is I've met four or five people that just hate him. They can't stand him. Well, But that's how it is. If you're yeah. that big, you're an iconic figure. Just because you're an iconic figure and you've been to four Super Bowls, I hate you. Yeah. Or, what is that? Or, well, yeah, but you know, the other thing is, he's not shy about telling you when you screw no, up. No, he's not. He That's doesn't mince words. You know what? Right. You're a nice That's boy. Get true. the heck out of there. Get me another quarterback or whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah. And some guys, you know, they're not going to handle that. So. No, I have always liked that. I did not realize Bud is now 95 years yeah. old. He's the exact same age as your grandfather, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, Don Don Brandt, Catherine's How's he doing? father. He's doing pretty well, wouldn't you say? I mean, for 95. For 95, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let me put it this way. Don and I have always gotten along. You know, he, he won every medal except for the Congressional Medal of Honor in World War II. Is that right? Oh, he's a big-time war hero. Helped to liberate uh, death camps when he was 17 years old. Oh, did Can he ever write a book about those no, experiences? No, he never did. Get on that. I know, he should. But... So Catherine and I went over there last, uh, about seven days ago somewhere. Catherine's out of town right now. But we're sitting there and having a good time. And he likes to watch Wheel of Fortune. And he <laughs> likes that. You know. So we're there about an hour and a half. And I stand, I'm sitting right like uh, from you to me. This is how close I'm sitting to him. And we're talking an hour and a half. We're there. It's just fantastic. I stand up to go and he goes, oh, Tom's here. Oh, no, no. That's that's 95, I didn't see. You know what? Janet's dad, Roy, was uh, fantastic. But at the end, he lived to be, I think, 94. But the last Mm. couple years, same kind of a thing. I remember for Thanksgiving, we drove from our house in Chanhassen up to uh, Elk River to go to this place. And, you know, they had a big Thanksgiving meal. Oh, okay. I had to tell him like four times what I did for a living. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In 45 oh, yeah. minutes, I told him the whole story. Said, so, what do you do for a living, Scott? But you know what? I, I just told moments, him again. I have moments already in life where I'm like, what was I just thinking? 
you know, you Does that walk. happen as you get older, Tom? Yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently that's exactly uh, what happens. And you, 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 somebody will say something, and it's a famous person, and it's like, ah, uh, 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 and you know that name, right, and right. then five minutes later, it's. Oh, I know. What is that? Tip of the tongue syndrome, or? I've been that way for my whole life. So oh, don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> don't worry about You're that. You're making us feel better. Mm. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, I want to get well, back to I was to... actually telling who. I don't remember who I was telling, actually, ironically, but uh, I have had three roommates in my life. I only remember one of their names. Oh. Well, so that's how some, good I am with very names. Must have had some great times. I, very important. I mean, info. I liked them. I just I don't remember their names. Isn't that's that how amazing? good I am with names. Uh-oh. I just forget them immediately. You make me feel better. We watch every. We don't watch that much TV, but when we do, like you know, we watched through the Flash. Uh, show we're watching The Walking Dead now. I can name maybe two characters' names per show. <laughs> I just don't, they, I just don't I, learn their I'm names. I'm like that. I'm like that too about TV yeah. shows. Like I don't know what your name is. I oh yeah, no idea. watching The Walking Dead. I'm like, okay, so the woman uh, that's black guy. Uh, that's kid. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just what they look like. Rather All right, than... guys. Here's a quiz. All right, let's. I'm going to test you right now. Name the cast, the characters. Of the show Gilligan's Island, there's the Gilligan. skipper. Skipper, yeah, but you got the professor and oh, yeah. Mary. Yeah, they got a song. It's too easy. Remember exactly. It's too easy. Well, we'll do it. I've only heard three. Uh, let's see. Remember when it was and the rest? Remember when the and the said? rest? Well, yeah. I suppose that doesn't have their names. I can name the millionaire, there's professor, there's and his Marianne, wife. There's I can name the movie star, Tina Louise. What was her name in it again? Tina Louise. I have was... seen like two episodes. Oh, okay, of yeah, now. that's one you don't have. I, I know. It's, just... I know it's Tina Louise, Uh-oh. but. What are you going to do? Starts with a G. Ginny or something like that. Geeky. There you go. Ginger. Ginger. There you go. There you go. Then you had Jim Backus. I loved him in that show. Oh, he was so good. He was phenomenal. The eccentric, and he was tipsy all the time. And. Uh, and what's uh, okay? The, uh, Skipper. Yeah, Skipper. Skipper. Gilligan. Teen Louise yeah. is Ginger. Professor. Okay, uh, yeah, Teen Louise was Ginger. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So okay, ask, there you go. <laughs> let me ask you a question about projection. Um, like astral so, or light? No, mental. Oh, the uh, third kind of projection. Here's the problem that I do have. So you talk about aliens, talk about UFOs, you talk about this, that, and the other thing. Are people ever going to be, first of all, most human beings are not very bright. And I, we finally admit that, but it's true. Most human beings are not very bright. They can't handle that kind of thing. Do they? See, I never understood why, if there indeed are UFOs and aliens, why they would come to Earth to try to destroy it. Uh, wouldn't they come to help? It makes no sense that UFOs and aliens would come here. But then I thought, you know what? That's human projection. It's like you yeah. effed up everything you ever touched. So that means if somebody else is coming from a different they're part, do the same they're going to do the same that you do. Well, no, that's that's your project. You do it doesn't mean they're going to do it. Yeah. Well, even humans generally don't kill each other for literally no reason, though. It's like we wouldn't right, cross right. the ocean just to murder everyone that we see. It's usually about <laughs> well, resources or land or money. something like it's that. Always or money. emotional, um, you know, a scorned lover or you know, yeah, some, exactly. Whereas something. aliens, they'd have to cross a, the entire galaxy just to kill us for no reason. That just <laughs> yeah, doesn't make no, no like sense. It Andy, would be worth right. their time. Well. Well, and, and not only more. that, look, if they're as advanced as they are, 
and they wanted to kill us, we'd be gone. That's it would have happened, right? We have exactly. the weaponry to wipe out ourselves. Exactly. So they would have the weaponry to wipe out ourselves a thousand times over. And exactly. if that was their plan, they would have done it. Absolutely. Clearly, Just that's fire not, a nuke that's from, you know, a hundred parsecs away. We'd never see it coming. But, yeah. 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 I just I am getting so tired of that projection thing just because you're miserable that everybody else around you is an a-hole. I mean, yeah. no, it's you that has the problem. Well, that's what it is. People's perception has a lot to do with their own reality, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And if you're having a good time, you know, you're at a party and, you know, there are times when you're just whooping it up, having yeah. a great, yep. and everybody's, the vibe is positive and you will go home. I had the best time of yep. my life. I agree. And then you'll have experiences like last night trying to watch the Wild beat St. Louis. Oh, God. Yeah, that didn't. <laughs> Twins and great. It was two to one. Next thing I know, we're down four to two and it's I like, know. oh, my God, get me a rope. <laughs> So where's that? That right now is what three and two, three two. Then yeah, three, they're two, up, yeah. and you know, but that first game they came into our house and they they took care of us. They I did, thought, yeah. oh here we go, we're gonna yep. get swept. Then we go back and you know we win yep. the next game. We go into their house, we win, and then they you know tied it up, and then they come in and do the same thing. I think the Wild have a good chance to come back, and I do too. Bring it I for do. game seven. We'll see what happens. I really like their ownership. They've got very good ownership of that that club over there. They and, really do. And you know what's nice about it. You don't hear much about them. Nope, they just do never, their job. Never. And, you know, the, the Vikings, it's always about, you, you hear about the, you know, the past ownership and the coach and all this right. crazy nonsense that's going out. Because it's, it distracts from the field. And I think that's part of the reason Bud was so good. He didn't say a damn word. It's just go out there right. and play football and let's win, you know? Right. It's not about the coach. It's not about the ownership. It's about the players and, and winning. Do you think we'd be much better off if people were educated to understand if what you said? If they wanted to wipe us out, they would have done it by now. Calm down. Why don't we find out if they're around and if they are, what are they up to and how can it benefit all of us? Well, again, I will go to what <clears throat> what I've been told is, and I'll just tell you, we are in a sense them. They okay. they seated us here. Part okay. of our DNA is supposedly their DNA. I'm not saying this is true. I'm just telling no, you I what understand. I've heard. But I will say a lot of, after having time to process all this, a lot of it makes sense to me. Um, apparently, there have been um, human races before. Oh, really? It didn't make it. And, yeah, I had to be. And, yeah. you know, for a long time, I just couldn't accept that. Remember, you and I were brought up at a time when evolution was taught. Uh, plate tectonics was this. Uh, the land mm-hmm. bridge. They came down. They started up right. in Alaska. They went through Canada, what's now the United States, through the Central America, and then down to South America. And you get down to the very bottom, and that was the last place that human. That's not what happened. Right. And right. And... You know, if it's true that there have been a number of human experiments, if you will, we are just the latest, um, we're kind of getting to the point where something's going to happen. Oh, really? And what what my understanding is, is that they're pulling for us. They believe in, but they believe in free will. In other words, they're not going to save us. What I've also been told is what they will not allow us to do is destroy the planet with nuclear weapons because that would kill the planet. Did they and, tell Putin? Uh, 
he knows all about this. <laughs> Good. He okay. knows. Good. And, you know, he can talk, uh, you know, in a, in a way that's kind of comforting, right? Yeah, and, absolutely it is. And there have been generals and, and you know, military people. I've seen some of the um, documentaries that I've, I've, I've been sent, and they've testified that, hey, there have been multiple attempts at first strike, and the ETs just go, uh-uh, not happening. They shut it down. Really? So that's the one thing that would potentially kill the planet. But um, the track that we're on now is we will poison the planet to the point we'll kill ourselves, but the planet will recover. The planet will regenerate. There's no doubt about that. Well, God, our planet used to be a ball of fire, used yeah. to be a ball of toxic gas, yeah. used to be a ball of ice. Planet's been a lot of things that nothing can live on. Yeah, it just takes a while to you know change, it, and it comes back, and it makes you kind of wonder what is that spark of life that that regenerates every time? Right. Is it, it, it? It's like you look at your garden, you know, right where the snow melts, and it's just brown and mud and nothing. <laughs> right. And now what's happening? These green shoots are coming up, and life starts again, right? So maybe that's something. Maybe now is the time to get this out there. And for us to, you know, kind of get slapped a little bit into forgetting about all this other crap that divides us and distracts us so from wonderful. doing the work that we so all wonderful. should be doing, right? <clears throat> yep. Working together. And you know what? I, it's, it's differences are what make us interesting, mm-hmm. but not to the point that it brings us down and tears us down. And, 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 and that's where we're at. And it's going to take something. And maybe this is it. I'm hopeful that that's, that's what's going to turn us around and start thinking about things we should be in, instead of this nonsense. I mean, Andy's got this situation, you got the situation, and I've said to people many times, and they go, what? I've known Catherine now for 41, almost 42 years. We've been married for 36, 37 years now. Oh. 1984. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, 38 years. 38. 38. It'll be 38 in July. I love that woman more today than I ever have. Mm-hmm. And people go, that's not true. I said, yeah, it is. The longer I'm around her, the more I know about her, the more I love her. I love Andy. I love our daughter, Alex, uh, their children. How how do you not enjoy that part of life and go, hey, you know what? This was a great gift that I got. I happened to run into this woman. She was answering phones at my attorney's office. Hmm. Just by coincidence, I went in that day because I never went into his office. Never. Hmm. So... We have these beings that I love so much. Why can't we embrace all beings? Maybe not at a, a love them, uh, because that was their whole deal. You got to love everybody. You don't have to love everybody. <laughs> that's that's a little. How about appreciate? Appreciate everyone. That's a, a much better, better word, I think. And that's exactly what I'm talking. And maybe, I, maybe that's what they're trying to teach us. Could you just appreciate what you have? Well, exactly, and not. Not get, you know, sometimes we run down these rabbit holes and you think it's so important. Next thing you know, you're looking up, how the hell did I get here? You know? yeah. <laughs> how do I get out of here? You yeah, know? it's true. And it's just, it's, I think the, the key word, you know, I told you about the, the uh, a year, a year and a half ago, we were over at Bud's house and we were talking and mm-hmm. he was in a very reflective mood. Oh, really? Yeah. And he was talking about just life. And he said, you know, I've been thinking a lot about appreciation appreciate what you have absolutely it's the key man you know we all know that right Mm -hmm. of course you but do we really stop and really appreciate and i think that's we do i think that's what he was trying to say i think that's what people should all do and we take so many things for granted in this life and it's sad because sometimes 
I think far too many people don't stop and smell the roses right. or truly appreciate what they have until they get sick or somebody yeah. else gets sick yeah. or they have some life-changing experience that sort of kicks them in the ass and they they are forced to appreciate. We should just do it when we're like taking a walk outside or or finding a really good rock, you know, to me that's... It's beautiful. That's the whole thing. It's exactly right. And you appreciate that, and then you look at everything else you have in your life, and uh, we just need a little more of that. Just slow down, relax, and... I love it. Smell the roses. It's, can you can you stay for another hour, or do you have to get going? I'm having so much fun. I, I love this conversation. I love it, if you want. We'll take a break here. Carolyn, is it Carolyn or Caroline, do you know? That I do not know. Everything about it. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Carolyn or uh, Carolyn Corey or Caroline Corey, it all depends. Probably Carolyn Corey, I would guess. I just want to sit back and listen to you two talk. <laughs> this is going to be phenomenal, because Caroline or Carolyn just happened to be on today the same day you are it this was not planned the apparently. tear in the sky takes you on an unprecedented journey into the ufo slash uap phenomenon uh yeah u.s navy tic tac ufos space anomalies military grade equipment and you're gonna be on okay. fire yeah. in this segment. well I, I would has she heard what we've talked about she hasn't heard what we've talked about this uh, unless, she was, listening, unless which, she was listening who knows? Okay. she could be Hey, one thing I'm going to ask her about, and and I can tell you guys about, on Google Earth, I can show you where there's a underwater base. Really? That, that apparently we and the ETs are jointly um, cooperating on and using. I hope and I so. can show it to you on, on Google Earth. I hope it'll get all better. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, sci-fi icon William Shatner. The film is uh, slated. It's, it's called A Tear in the Sky. Slated for... Uh, uh, VOD and a digital release on, well, it already was. It was released on May 3rd. It was released uh, eight days ago, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact. We'll talk to Caroline and Scott and Andy right after this. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the motor sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there, in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. 
You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. That's Scott Wolter singing right there. I want you to know that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to be here. <laughs> Andy's going to get a hold of Carolyn and uh, Corey in just a couple of seconds. We're talking to Scott Wolter about, uh, look, people that, that believe in God, I'm happy for you. Absolutely. People who believe in, you know, extraterrestrial things, I'm happy for them as well. I just don't understand why people take such strong positions for or against something when you can't prove it. Um enjoy things say hey you know what i embrace the fact that uh, there there probably are aliens i don't think we're all alone in this universe for christ's sake um by the same token whatever just calm down (laughs) it has to be this way or i hate you it's like come on speaking of visitors from faraway places how far away how far away i don't actually know carolyn Hi. Is your name pronounced Carolyn or Caroline? Caroline, please. See, I I, che- I had to check Caroline. <laughs> yes, Glad you did. Thank you. And watch this now. This is what disc jockeys always do. Caroline Curry. No, I'm just kidding. I know it's Corey. <laughs> anyway, Caroline, uh, the documentary, A Tear in the Sky. What I want to do, Scott Walter is here with us. Very, very well okay. educated in the same areas that you are. I want to sit back and listen to you two talk because this is going to be fascinating. Your uh, VOD and digital release was, uh, what, eight days ago now, correct, on a tear in the sky? Yeah, that's right. That's right. May 3rd. And things are going well? Yeah, fantastic. We already we got to number two on the um, top documentary chart on the first day. And uh, we're getting a lot of, yeah, good reviews. We're in the, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a good start. No, you just Car- have to keep going. Yes, you do. <laughs> Caroline, i got to tell you one thing, and then I'll shut up, I promise. I have talked to okay. William Shatner. I've been in radio for 51 years, the same morning wow. show in town for 37 years. I've talked to William Shatner at least 50 times, probably a lot more than that. What? And to this day, he still calls yeah. me Tom. How you doing, Tom? Tom. There's no Tom. There's only Tom. He always does that. He he loves to mispronounce people's names. I really like William Shatner. He's a great guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's very funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a character. It was really uh, interesting to... uh, to go through the process with him. <laughs> Caroline, we were I'll sitting there. I'll never here. forget that. Yes, exactly. We were yeah. ta- we did the first hour of the podcast, and this guy, we were talking mm-hmm. to Scott. My son Andy okay. is the engineer. The three of us were talking about this, and Scott, out of the blue, brought up Tic Tac uh, UFOs, and you know all about that as well, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually how my film got started. That's so interesting. You mean you didn't know about my movie and you just mentioned the Tic Tac UFOs? Um, Caroline, this is Scott Walter. Actually, I told Tom a story about um, one of the shows that I hosted a show called America Unearthed for four seasons. 
um, on H2 and Travel Channel. And uh, last summer, I had a fan hit me on Twitter, and he said, Hey, Scott, did you guys ever figure out what that UFO was in that episode on Montezuma's (laughs) Treasure? And I said, What are you talking about? And he sent me a screen grab from uh, from the show. And in the upper right-hand corner, this was out in Utah. I forget exactly where. But there was this silver tic-tac shape vertically aligned thing in the sky and i looked at the picture i said what the heck and so i went to the production company i asked them to pull the raw video they did that and we zoomed in on this thing and it was floating in the sky it was only about a 10 or 12 second shot of the raw video Mm. but it was floating and it was bobbing kind of like a bobber on the water Mm -hmm. but it was also kind of rotating back and forth and it was silver and you could see the sun was reflecting on it nobody that day i remember that day very clearly because i i scuba dived in this Mm. pond and it was a a very memorable day but um none of us saw or heard anything but there it was and um that's how that's that's how this whole subject of came up this morning does that sound does that sound like something you're familiar with yeah totally well actually i had my own experiences out you know even before the tic tac you know since i was a kid I would see things, but also more recently, I've seen things right about my house, literally, you know, like balls of light, uh, bump, you know, bouncing into each other, splitting into um, different patterns, you know, like just crazy stuff like that. So I know there's something going on. And just to answer your question, um, Tom. <laughs> Tom. 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 How are you doing, Tom? She's got a sense of humor. She does. Caroline's yeah, got a yeah, sense yeah. of humor. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So what happened was um, I wanted to do um, a film on UFOs, but I feel like as a filmmaker, my signature, if you will, is to make uh, a paranormal subject normal. You know, so I bring kind of the scientific approach and instead of analyzing footage that's already out there, because we don't really know you know, how it was shot, what, what else was going on, you know, who else was there. I mean, they tell us, but it's not the same thing. And so um, I said, in order to do this correctly, why don't we go out and set up a real scientific um, expedition? Ah. How would a scientist, yeah, how would a scientist go about proving or validating that this is an anomaly in the sky? and not an optical illusion or some sort of thing. So we went out and um, I stumbled on the guys who were on the Nimitz, you know, the USS Nimitz, who had that Tic Tac UFO encounter in 2004. And uh, which Kevin Day, he was the guy who was uh, the radar guy, who actually was the first one to see it on his radar. And so I stumbled on him, and he already had a couple of scientists on his team. And he said, hey, um, that's what I want to do as well, so let's go out and do it. So that's how the film came about. And, of course, uh, we decided to go back to the same area, yeah, to the Catalina um, um, area, because uh, they were the first boat. Uh, the USS Nimitz, they were the first ones in 2004 to encounter these uh, tic-tac UFOs, 
But then later, in 2014, 15, 17, you have the USS Omaha, the USS Kitts, other Navy ships as well, who had also encountered swarms of these UFOs. So, of course, it kind of made sense to go back there and to try to see, can we recapture these things ourselves? And uh, so we had all kinds of crazy equipment. I mean, we had hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment from optical, you know, from regular cameras to night vision to FLIR cameras to spectrum analyzers, uh, magnetometers, uh, radiation detectors. I mean, you name it. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we set up this crazy expedition uh, over five days. And uh, sure enough, I mean, I don't want to spoil the surprise. In the yeah, movie. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, no, you don't. No, keep yeah, going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. And, and, and we also, we, so we had, we wanted to collect as much data scientifically as possible. So we set up in three different locations to achieve some sort of triangulation. Because that's another problem, you know, with videos that we see online. You know, we only see one angle. So we were in three locations at the same time over five days with a crazy amount of devices. And uh, we ended up capturing, first of all, objects that were going against the wind that looked exactly like the Tic Tac. And that was insane. And we also captured, yeah, we captured also the typical stuff, you know, the, the orbs and things like that. But we also captured very unusual things, like things that are literally dropping down in the water like raining down and then and of course at the end of the movie i mean i'm totally spoiling the surprise but (laughs) basically it's like an literally it's like basically it's a tear in the sky something kind of seemed to open up and and the radar picked up reflective objects in that space wow so yeah, so it, it, it was crazy. And so uh, don't forget, like, we are now working, we were, I mean, in the film, uh, working with hardcore scientists. These aren't, you know, guys who are like, oh, yeah, yeah, this looks like you. I mean, they're going to analyze the heck out of it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Oh, maybe... You know, like maybe it's a it's a malfunction in the camera. Maybe it's an atmospheric something we don't know. Maybe it's a solar flare. Maybe it's radiation. I mean, they went through the entire analysis, and no one can figure out what it is. Hey, Caroline, um, I have to ask mm. you a question, and I hope this isn't giving anything away. I this this is coming out of the blue. Have you ever heard of something called a CE five experience? Of course. Okay. Yeah, Did you use any yeah. uh, anything like that to call them in? Yeah, I, I love that you asked that question. So I personally, because I've had my own experiences uh, since I was a kid, and I'm actually, I come from a totally different background. You know, I was in the world of consciousness, entanglement, okay. mechanics. You know, that was yep. my background. So I totally... Especially that I did have those experiences myself. I use my own like version of C5, my own technique, and it always works. But in this film, you know, I was dealing with these hardcore uh. scientists, and they're like, "There's no way, hey, we're gonna do any of that." 
So, and I was like, like you couldn't even mention this C word, you know, consciousness, you know? So, so I was like, wait a minute, I am investing in this very expensive production. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're, you know, we're like, and we're going to be there only five days. There's like, there's no way. So I was in my hotel room, you know, like every night doing my own little version of CE5 right, thing and saying, right. okay, you guys, whoever you are, just give me something on camera. <laughs> give me one thing. <laughs> so it was definitely behind the scenes. Okay. And what we should probably do, because Tom is looking at me like, what the heck are you even talking about? CE5 is something, <laughs> it's called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Oh, okay. And yeah. um, you're probably familiar with Stephen Greer. Dr. Stephen Greer, he used to be a trauma surgeon, and now he's spent his last 30 years or so of his life, you know, working on this CE or uh, uh, ET phenomena. And and I've seen uh, documentaries about some of his work with the with the CE5. And, And and I'll explain it to you this way. This is how it was explained to me. You can actually contact them because this whole consciousness aspect of this phenomena is really what they're all about you know those symbols i showed you on the artifacts yeah now? absolutely well some people believe that this is a um a pictographic uh expression of conscious thought of conscious ideas really? of communication and so basically what the way stephen greer describes it is that you 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 go to a remote place it sounds like caroline you guys did that and mm-hmm. um, what he stresses is everybody's got to be on board. Everybody's got to be dialed in. They got to be. They got to believe what they're doing. That th- that we right. are going to try to make contact with them using our minds. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm like, well, how are you going to do that? And he said, imagine this. Imagine you're on Google Earth, and zoom out so that you're looking at the planet, right? And then scroll in to the spot where you are mm-hmm. in your mind. And then right. scroll back out again, and then scroll back in, and just keep doing this, and say to them, um, "Everything's okay. We want to communicate. We want to meet you. Please come." And just think about it like this, and it works. Really, Caroline, is that pretty good uh, explanation? Or yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I've done a lot of research um, w- about uh, mind, intention, consciousness, uh, having an entanglement property, meaning our minds are entangled with the fabric of space-time itself. Um, yep. There are some scientists looking into this. Of course, entanglement has been proven scientifically, so I'm not saying anything uh, you know, strange here, but they talk about a physical object basically two physical objects can exchange properties at a distance without touching each other you know so that is entanglement nobody really has proven that the mind is also entangled with other minds but also with the fabric of space-time itself and so but if it if it applies to physical objects, why is it totally impossible to think that even your energy field? Because we have an energy field that has been proven. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that our, yeah. So why is it so crazy to think that our energy field, which is kind of an electrical magnetic field, also could be entangled with the magnetic field of the planet? I mean, we know that the Earth has a magnetic field. Yep. And so 
so you know it's all electricity and magnetism and you know but no one really has kind of proven this you know there are many scientists looking into it but but it works Oh. And so if you if you go, yeah, if you think about it this way, if your consciousness, meaning let's just keep it at the energy field, you know, yep. if your energy field, uh, your mind field, if you will, is entangled with space itself, then whatever you think is then translated or it's like sent to the field itself because it's entangled. Right. So whoever is also entangled in the field and paying attention is going to get the message, so to speak. Hey, That's Caroline, how remote viewing works. Yeah. I can give you an example of what I yeah. would consider to be pretty darn hard evidence that this entanglement uh, yeah. with humans is, is a real thing. How many times have you been mm. thinking about somebody and all of a yeah. sudden... They text you, they call you, oh, yeah. they walk into the room. Yeah. I mean, everybody that's listening <laughs> yeah. right now has had that happen many times. We've all had that happen yeah. many times. Now, is that coincidence? If you could do some yeah. type of a mathematical, if you kept track mm -hmm. of how many times yeah. that happened, it would not be random. It would not be uh, a percentage that, um, you know, is, is small. It, it happens it happens too often for it to be coincidence. And so I think right there is an example. You know, I can't tell you how many times that's that's happened to me. Tom, I gave you an example in the last hour about this Tic Tac thing that was in the show. And uh, I was asked to contact the guy that I interviewed who owned the property. I hadn't talked to him in eight years. Right, right. Four and a half hours later, I get an email from him. I know. That's amazing. And, that, and that's so a great story. I think this is another example that, in fact, this entanglement uh, is, is going on all the time. We just don't recognize it as such. Yeah. And, the, and then the science hasn't caught up with that. I mean, so going back to the film, you know, when I was talk a little bit about something like that they'll be like no 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 no, it's not proven blah, blah, blah. yeah so it's like let's let's stay away from that and so but there are uh, like we were saying a lot of scientists looking into it and studying it and there's so much evidence if you really look there's a lot of evidence uh there's also remote viewing i mean how is yeah. it possible things would happen to me when i was a kid actually how is it possible that you would know of something that is happening in another building and then you go and you find out that it is yeah. happening you know yeah. or something you see someone that you've never met before and you know something about them that they never told you or something you know i mean it, it, there's just so much evidence like you can um you can have the validation also you know so and like like uh, Scott was saying, you know, one time is maybe a coincidence, but you you keep repeating it. There's strong evidence that there is some sort of entanglement going on between our consciousness, our intention, and the physical world, the fabric of space time. And so, so that so anyway, yeah. Going back to the like to the movie. So I was doing this by myself <laughs> in the hotel room. I, mean, I was like. Okay, you guys, give me something, something. You know, this is too big of an investment. We're only here five days. And sure enough, I kind of knew that it was going to be July 14th. So and you so, called them in, you asked them to come, and they came. <laughs> well, there, yeah, I mean, there, you know yeah. what, Caroline? I, not to delve too deep <laughs> into, you know, this woo woo world, but um, I, I think. 
I mean, we just talked about it. I think if you want to manifest it, if you want to give it a try, if you want to try to just, you know, sit back and and think about something that you want to happen, something good to happen. I mean, this is what meditation is really all about, right? I mean, that's that's when we have control over that. People can do it if they choose to. And I think that as more understanding about this happens and comes out and people start to realize it is a real thing, then the next step is for us to just take charge of our own lives and start to try to manifest it and you Use our brains. I mean, what do they say? Scientists say we only use less than 10% of our brains. Yeah. Well, what's going on with the rest right. of it? I think there's tremendous yeah. potential there. And we we have that ability. We just have to take that first step and give it a try, right? Yeah. I, in fact, that was the subject of my last film, which is called Superhuman, The Invisible Made Visible. And uh, again, I go about it, um, you know, through a scientific perspective. And there's all sorts of experiments that we do live on camera. And we demonstrate uh, how, uh, you know, we talk, we do remote viewing, but we also demonstrate how telekinesis works, actually. Mm. Um, and, and other things in the movie, uh, which in telekinesis is the ability to move uh, to affect a physical object without any physical contact. So you're looking at a piece of paper or something, and then you want it to rotate to move, and it does. And so, of course, people will say, well, it's a coincidence, or it's the heat, or it's the air, or whatever. Yes, but then, first we do it normally, but then we do it under you know, a glass, and then we do it in a vacuum, and if it is in a vacuum, then there is no uh, outside air. interference. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no, and we do it long distance. Hey, so what about I mean, yeah? What about uh, we've all heard of these uh, psychics that can bend spoons? That's what you're talking about yeah. with telekinesis, yeah. right? And exactly, exactly. And just just to clarify, I think for the audience and Tom, remote viewing. Um, are you familiar with that, Tom? Not really, no. Okay, I've what? heard of it, but I don't know Caroline, much Caroline, why don't you tell them what that is? Because that is a technology or, or a uh, you know people that have that ability. Our military has been using that for decades, yes. going back to yes. World War II and before. But tell okay. them what that is. Yes. Yeah. Well, basically, remote viewing, it's what it, what it says, actually. It's to be able to view something remotely. So what happens is that actually in the 80s, uh, the Russians were training soldiers to remote view for the sake of, uh, for the purpose of spying on the United States. And so, of course, uh, we found out about it and we said, wait a minute, we need to be doing that as well. <laughs> yep. so, so, yeah, they were like, wait, you know. So, um, so they, they implemented a program called the Stargate program. And they started training uh, soldiers to be able to you know, do is sort of a meditation type thing and uh, have them uh, remotely, basically, it's, it's, it's basically psychic spying, literally. Yep. And yep. Uh, they would, for example, uh, they would be given the coordinates of a an Air Force base or some military base in Russia. And the soldiers were able to pick up information, like, for example, oh, this military base is not active or something, or, and then they would draw 
exactly where the missiles were, where they were God. being moved, what was being said. I mean, in the layout of the building, detail. so they knew how to get yeah. to certain places. Exactly. They could just draw it. Yeah, exactly. The exit. The, yeah, yeah, and it was so accurate. Um, of course, eventually with with physical spies on the ground and things like that. I mean, everything was getting validated, and uh, so they they were having a very high percentage uh, success rate. That, uh, in fact, I think it was during Jimmy Carter. Uh, one, they were. I don't remember the detail, but I mean, there's actual documentation where uh, they were finding things out about the Russians, and vice versa, by the way. The yeah, Russians yeah. were yeah. totally fine. <laughs> and all of this was done psychically, and then later on validated. And yeah. uh, so, so, and policy were policy, Some policies were implemented, because, you know, based on that sort of uh, intelligence, which is crazy. Think about that. Yeah. Pentagon. <laughs> you, know. you know what, so, Caroline? This this brings mm-hmm. to mind something that I'm actually working on myself. I do a lot of research mm-hmm. on uh, Knights Templar, and in fact, right mm-hmm. now we're working with a treasure trove, pardon the pun, mm-hmm. of maps uh, that were drawn by mm-hmm. cartographers oh, yeah. that sailed with mm-hmm. various uh, Templar uh, ship captains over centuries, and mm-hmm. um, we found a notebook. Um, a narrative that one of these cartographers wrote late in the game, meaning, um, you know, only a couple of centuries ago. And he was pontificating Mm. on how dangerous it was to be one of these individuals. I mean, can you imagine you are the guy that knows where the Templars hid their treasures? I think people might want to know you. Well, if you are a person that has this capability of remote viewing, do you not think you might be a valuable person to our right. enemies? Right. So uh, right. these people, they can't live a normal life like like we can. Mm-hmm. Um, they have mm-hmm. to be protected because they are a government asset. And other governments, mm-hmm. they're going to want these people or they're going to want to take them out. But it's kind of an interesting right. parallel, I thought, that um, you know these people that have these abilities that have tapped into that mental um, skills or capacities that we... We really all have. These people are going to be in demand, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God, Scott! You really need to watch my. Everybody should watch my movie. I, I, as soon as I get out that. of here, I'm going yeah. home. I'm going to download yeah. it and watch it's, it. Um, yeah, it's superhuman. The invisible made visible. So yeah, and also the government. You know, for the government to be doing, you know, implementing programs to do this uh, for 20 years actually and i'm sure they're still doing it now but in, under different names or what have you yeah the chinese are doing that oh, sure. i'm sure the russians are still doing that so there's got to be something there they're not going to be wasting their time and now you know going back to ufos the you know not only that the navy and the pentagon has been releasing all this evidence more videos and and then they they had this report that didn't say anything but more yeah. recently well first of all the very latest news is there is a congressional hearing happening next week yep. um about ufos and more recently there's this 1500 page report that was released by the pentagon on uh the effect of coming in contact with a ufo craft from radiation to right. nightmares to abduction to spontaneous pregnancies 
Okay, this is coming from the Pentagon. This yep. is not some woo-woo person in his garage. And so, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, garage. like, yeah. then, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. This no, is, no. This, it's starting to be a serious conversation that in the mainstream that we really need to be looking at these, you know, supposedly paranormal uh, events and look at them seriously and uh, and try to figure out what is going on. And that's exactly what I did with the movie, you know, yeah. going back to A Pair in the Sky. You know, it's like the government's not doing that. There's no one that's putting out any real scientific data. They're so, telling us, oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, Caroline, maybe I... Maybe it's I, us, I, maybe it's somebody else. First of all, I, I, yeah. I just want to say, ahead. you're a really cool person, and I'm really enjoying this conversation. <laughs> and... For Tom to to be as quiet as he is I right know. now, I know. I'm just like, I'm trying to I, learn something. I, I can't here. believe we're doing this, but this is so much fun. Um, let me ask you a question. We didn't mind if we take a break. Yeah. Oh no, no. Okay, yeah. But I have a question for her, and I I can't wait to hear her answer. Okay, now Caroline, how much more time do you have? Because I don't want to I don't want to hold you too long. Do you have another 15, 20 minutes? Uh, yeah, I have 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I have something in half an hour. Okay, okay perfect. Okay. We'll be right back yeah. in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Caroline's here. Scott's here. Andy and I are just sitting back <laughs> listening. I'm trying to learn something. <laughs> We'll I feel bad. I feel no, I think, bad. It's, I, I think it's fascinating. I'm hogging your show. Right? Not like, at all. Kind of Not a guest am I. It's perfect. We'll be right back right after this. <laughs> Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. 
Tom here for Continuum Weight and Well-Being. If you were like me and constantly finding yourself in weight loss mode, I have great news. Continuum is here. It's new and they're doing it differently. There are no meal replacements or foods you're required to purchase. They specialize in customizing meal plans for you using all whole nutritious foods. They don't just focus on weight loss. They are upfront with their pricing. And most importantly, Continuum is designed for long-term success. Schedule a free consultation. Find out more today. Simply go to their website, Continuum Weight weightwellbeing.com or call or text them at 952-491-6527 and catch the Continuum team on my podcast on Thursdays, 11.15 a.m. I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Caroline Corey with us, and of course, Scott Wal- uh, Walter with us, and Andy and I are just learning things as we go along here. <laughs> Caroline, I'd like to point something out that I talk to Scott about quite often. You know, people right now, you know, they, they like to put everybody in a little box and their own little pigeonhole, and you're too far left, and you're too far right, and you're too religious, and you believe in UFOs, and, and they, they're so judgmental. Do you think... Somehow we can get to a point where maybe people can understand they maybe learn something and stop being so judgmental. You think that's even possible? And childish, you mean, right? Yes, <laughs> very, very childish. <laughs> and then some. And then, yes, and yeah, then some. Right, right. So here's the thing. In a very strange way, uh, even though it doesn't seem to be related at all, uh, I think the pandemic changed uh, people's perspective on no life, doubt. right? No doubt. So, yeah, yep. and so, but but here's the connection. So I feel because of that, people are starting to focus on. Wait a minute, I I could be gone tomorrow. My parents could be gone tomorrow. Yeah, or my right. friends. Yep. And so I'm starting to to kind of reevaluate what's important in my life, which is my happiness. You know. What is important to me? And so people are moving to, you know, to places they've been wanting to move to. They're changing careers, sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, being forced to. And so I think the focus is starting to be more on what makes sense to me, you know, uh, right now. And because of that, I feel if if that's important to me, then maybe whatever is important to my neighbor, even though it is about talking to invisible aliens if that's what's going to make him happy so be it i feel like it's going in that direction i'm sure i'm not we're not there yet obviously but something started the last couple of years uh where we're going more into it, it looks like division it looks like hey let me focus on what makes sense to me as a reality and just not worry about the other person. That I feel like there's hope in, in going in that direction. Hey, hey Carolyn, this this sort of piggies back, piggybacks on the question that I wanted to ask you. Um, and what you just explained is kind of interesting because, on one hand, you know, the pandemic has forced us to sort of reevaluate our own values and what we consider to be important and what we want to do with our lives and all of that, but. The other, the other thing is, is that, and, and 
Tom and I were talking about this and Andy in the hour before this one about how crazy things are and right. how divisive right. things yeah. are. And, yeah. you know, the planet is under stress and, you know, mm. it's it's crazy time. I mean, it's it's this is unprecedented and, and a lot of it is negative right now. And do you think that mm. because of that, and I don't think anybody can make an effective argument that it isn't crazy town right now in yeah, general right, around the world. Right. Do you think that maybe that could be why this UFO phenomena has become such a big thing? Well, why our government yeah. is starting to open up? Why uh, they are starting to uh, reach out to us and, and you know, Films like yours are being made to sort of open people's minds up to this, to start thinking about things that are bigger than the petty things that we have been com- been arguing about for the last you know few years. I mean, what do you think about that? Is there a connection there? Yeah, for sure. So I feel that uh, there's definite chaos. I mean, come on. <laughs> no matter where <laughs> I mean, come we on. didn't use that like, word I chaos, mean, but yeah. that's the I, word. I mean, like it's, yeah. it's total chaos. Everybody's doing whatever. Uh, And so that is true. But to be honest with you, I think it's always been there. It's only been kind of shoved under the rug. It's almost so my so, for example, whatever, you know, political agenda, whatever UFO stories, whatever, you know, the big pharma, the you know, the corporate corruption. All of this has been going on for hundreds of years on this planet. True. And I think what's happening now, it's as if it was in our subconscious in a way. Like we knew what we were going along and saying, hey, this is the way life is, blah, blah. But I feel like now everything is out in the open. It's like yeah. it went from being under the rug and the subconscious into this in our face. You know, racism is bigger than ever. Women's issues is bigger than ever. There's still like human trafficking, you know, child abuse. I mean, everything is like is like out in our face. Yep. Right now. Yeah. So that's the difference. So so that's the difference. I feel um, that all this chaotic energy has always been there. And now because it's in our face, it's creating this division also that has always been there. Yeah. And I feel like this is, that's the reason why this is a perfect timing to add even more to the confusion and the chaos. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, just drop a bomb like, on the hey, whole mess with the yeah, aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what kind of, you know, crazy story can we put out there? Yeah. To have some sort of control to bring back the world together. I mean, together under control. You know, so there's definitely some agendas along those lines. But I feel we need to go through this chaos in our face for a while in order to get through to this more, you know, oneness world that you know, peaceful world on the other side. So now we're in the middle of the storm, it, it, which. <laughs> You know what? You know what I mean? Caroline, you are uh, speaking my language more than you realize. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, (laughs) you know what? I mean, I think a lot of people who understand history and the phrase, those who do not learn from the past are destined to repeat it. Um, And I don't want to get too far down a rabbit hole, but there's this thing about prophecies. And um, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with procession of the equinoxes. And yeah. you are. Okay, well, you know right now that we are just transitioning from the age of Pisces the fish to 
uh, Aquarius, the age of the feminine water bearer. And what's interesting is not only is it a, a change we are going through right now, a change in an um, uh, in an age from Pisces to Aquarius, but actually we are going through. Um, a change in what they call the great celestial year, a 26,000 year long cycle that we are living through right now. And according to certain uh, people that um, prophesize about what happens during these times is that the beginning of Aquarius was predicted. And I heard this 30 years ago, mm -hmm. that we were going to be right. going through some very tumultuous times. And the bottom line is, is that depending on how we as a species handle it, we're either going to come out of it, get our act together, and things right. are going to be good, as you said, Caroline, or if we don't, that's it. Yeah. So we, like we, are, yeah, we are on a really... This is a very critical time in the history of humanity. Would you agree with that? Yeah, exactly. And so it makes me laugh sometimes when people say, oh, I can't wait for the pandemic to be over so I can go back to my life. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, what, 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 I mean, what's reality? What, I mean, it was a bullshit reality anyway. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it's like, really, we were, like, we were, we are lied to, we are manipulated. Yep. We, you know, we're, we're being told wrong things. We're being fed with drugs. You know, because of all the statistics, you know, by this age, you're going to have this. And by this age, you're going to have that. And if you have this symptom, do, I mean, we are totally manipulated. And that was a fake reality anyway. We were just going along. So that's why, like, we need to keep going forward. We need to uh, look at what's happening, this chaos that's happening right now as a healing process. You know, if you want to heal, uh, my background actually is psychology and, and healing and stuff like that. So, you know, if you want to heal something, you got to bring it out from your subconscious mind to face it. You have to bring it to the subconscious, to the conscious, face it in order to get through it. You can't pretend it's not there. Exactly. And then hoping that it will go away. And so, yeah, so I really think this is uh, as strange as it may look and feel and sound, uh, this is, we're still going in the right direction, you know, and hopefully many people are making the right choices moving forward. It is hard. Plus, with everything that you said, um, astronomically, there's all kinds of stuff that's happening. Right. Um, you know, the solar flares are very um, interesting how they affect consciousness because they affect the magnetic field of the planet right and there is also evidence that when the magnetic field is is very uh, uh, you know concentrated in some areas uh, or when it drops um it's uh, you know it affects the moods the emotions you know the way we think so there's all sorts of things going on uh, on a planetary level astronomical level and astrological level i'm not yep. too yep. much into that but there's all sorts of strange yep. eclipses and strange things going on at the same well, time. So, 
Yeah, you know what, Caroline, you're 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 hitting on all cylinders here, and I think a real simple example for people out there that might be thinking, um, how can planets and the sun and all that out there in space affect me here on Earth? Well, I'll give you one example: Um, women are affected by the phases of the moon, Um, and and you know what I'm talking about, and that's a simple example right there. Another example using the moon is tides. If you're a sailor on the ocean, you sure as hell had better be tuned in to what the moon is doing. Otherwise, it could cost you your life. And those are some pretty obvious examples, but it doesn't end there. Um, I got one last question for you, and then I'm going to shut up. Um, (laughs) No. (laughs) I feel like I'm hogging the puck here. But um, Caroline, um, after everything that we've talked about, and you being obviously an, uh, an empath, um, there's no doubt in my mind about that. What's going to happen? Are we going to get through this? Are we going to survive? Are we going to be okay? Are we going to figure it out or or not? It's really on the individual, uh, you know, basis. Because if you believe, if you think you're going to get through it, and you, you know, then you will. I mean, uh, that is a universal law. Not yep. because there's all this global stuff going on that the universal laws change. If you, you know, it's still the same principle. It's just that this is a major turning point in your life, whether we like it or not, whether we believe in it or not. It, it is happening on this global scale. Yep. So everybody, we need to uh, mature, you know, step up and on an individual basis say, what is important to me? Love, um, being centered, being aligned with the higher truth, with uh, doing good, being good. You know, whatever those principles are for you, this is the time to decide because you're going to be kind of swept away, you know, otherwise by the collective uh, energy, you know, others are creating it for you otherwise. And so, uh, so I feel that uh, maybe a third of the planet is going to be perfectly okay. And the other two thirds, basically, you, you know, two trajectories are being created is what I'm saying. Yep. And so, so you have to decide individually, what is the trajectory that you want? And that's the one um, that you will manifest. That's how I see it. Is that what the word love is all about? Seriously. Yeah. That's what it's all about, isn't I mean, it? Collective consciousness? Yeah, exactly. That's what love is, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, you could have all the money, all the whatever. You know, right. at the end of the day, right. if you don't have deep inside your heart... If you are not loved or you don't know or you don't feel love um, giving or receiving, then what is the point? What is the point of all of it? That's true. You know, so that's kind of going back to those universal principles. These are universal principles. And so I uh, I feel that uh, not I feel I know (laughs) (laughs) I didn't I, I didn't come here at this time in physical form to watch the planet explode right, and like, you know, right. have, yeah, no, no, I'm too clear on, right. you know, my, my higher purpose, you know, I could have done that, you know, very happily staying in non-physical form and just watching it from up there. 
But um, there's a reason why some of us are on this planet, incarnated at this time, is to move the planet, the collective evolution uh, on the proper trajectory, which is a trajectory of oneness eventually. Bingo. The people, <laughs> Bingo. Yeah, the people, the people, yeah, the people who are choosing, you know, to kind of not pay attention, whatever, they're making it harder on themselves. But on a global level, I think, um, you know, it's still going to take a couple hundred years. And it sounds like, oh, my God, that's a long time. It is. But in terms of, yeah, but in terms of, you know, uh, universe timing, it's nothing. Yeah. It's like two minutes. You know? In geological so, time, it's nothing. Yeah. Oh, God, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's like, that's like three generations. That's nothing. Yeah. But we are the ones here today making it happen. That's why everything that you do, Scott, everything that you do, Tom, Tom. Tom, hey, uh, Tom. Yeah, everything that you, <laughs> you do, everything that you, <laughs> everything that you do is setting up the whole planet and the collective consciousness towards oneness yeah. and peace. Does that make sense? So that's why yep. we, it's not like, oh, let's just wait to the third day. No, 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 no. We are here yeah. to do that. And so I'm 100% convinced that that's where we're headed. You know what I love about this whole conversation is, and I, I'm sure Andy's heard me say it too many times, he's sick of it, but we need to get past that. People wanting to be victims and wanting to be hurt. And I, 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 I would, if you victimize me, I would never admit that you victimize me. Yeah. No way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This whole wallowing in your own misery has got to get, we got to get past that because there's so many people. Well, it's boring. And it's, it's really boring. It's counterproductive and yep. nobody really cares, right? And, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, victim, victimhood is... Um, Save it for the people who are really suffering and, and need help. Exactly. That's yeah. my whole point. You take yeah. a focus off of who really needs help and put it on you? Uh, How? No. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Caroline, yeah, you need to come absolutely. back more often. You know that? we got to get you and Scott on on the show again. This is I a, like her. I, 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 she's dialed in. She goes, she's on the money, baby. <laughs> she's, you've done a good job. And, and congratulations on your success. I'm going to check this out. Dom. Yes, please, please, please. I want to come back just so that I can say Tom, Tom, Tom again. And, uh, we're, <laughs> we're, not, we're never going to use that on him, we promise. We'll save it for you, right, Caroline, Tom? we are bringing you back, Caroline. I, I just loved just sure. sitting and listening because, you know why? Because it's a very positive message. It's not about, oh, you should be terrified. There's this stuff out there, and it's really scary. No, it's all about getting to a position of enjoying people, loving people, enjoy your life and be happy, man. You manifest yes, what you yes, what you want, yes. and that's yep. what she was saying. Now, and she's right. Now now, 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 now is the time. No excuses. People have tools. There's tons of people sharing tools. I have free stuff on my website. There's all kinds of tools. There are other people very awakened who are here. You're doing your work. You're spreading your uh, your knowledge, your energy in the way you do it. I do it. So there's, there are people here for, as a support system as well. So yep. no excuse. Make a decision today to create a positive life, loving life That's for yourself. And, and that kind of starts to influence people around you. 
and so on and so forth. And that's how reality is created. So, but you guys, you have to watch my film. We will watch the film. <laughs> there's no to. question. No, and I love William. have all kinds of questions. William's a great guy anyway. I've always enjoyed William Shatner my, my entire career. He's a great guy. Caroline, thank you for delivering the positive message. Scott, thank you for, for your conversation. You just don't hear this kind of stuff. Be positive. Get your head out of your ass, and let's move forward. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> okay, I will. Yeah, exactly. Caroline, nice to meet you, Caroline. Yes. Thanks so much. Come back oh, soon. Thanks so much for having me. This, this was a blast. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, one more time with the Tom. Oh, Carolina. I'll do gone. it. Oh, sorry. Oh. Uh, he wants it. So he wants another me. Tom. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn Corey, ladies and gentlemen, the movie is out now with William Shatner, baby. What more could you ask for? VOD. It's across the board. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you on Monday with the family. <laughs>